So welcome to the fourth session. And um, so before I begin, any um, questions? Anything that came up from the last session? Are other issues there? Yeah, it just yeah, it increases your awareness. Um, in you know, in real life, when we um, pay attention to every little thing that bothers us. So we are actually taught not to because we're called, um, you're too sensitive, you're just nitpicking. And um, it's not about that. The point is that if it is bothering you, there is an energy about it that you have stored in your body, in your psyche somewhere. And what bothered you a little bit today, if we don't recognize the energy of it, it's going to repeat. Some other life situation is going to show up where it will repeat, where you may sense you may get bothered a lot more than you did before because that time kind of, you know, time distorts the emotions. Um, because there's now more resistance built into the process, it makes the energy of that stronger. So we don't leave anything out. It is not about, you know, it's not for, you know, we're not, this is personal internal stuff. So it's all internal stuff. So we don't need to worry about if someone says you're being oversensitive, you're being this, it's not, it's your personal stuff really, it's your personal journey. If you find someone you can discuss these things with, great. If you don't, great. Uh, so yeah, this is how it happens. It really increases your awareness to a whole new level. And sometimes the awareness will come in a way where it makes you want to revisit that incident or the past. Just like, how was I there? I cannot believe by being the way I was or by the energy that I was carrying, I attracted this situation to me and I had no idea about it. So again, it's about our own experiences. It's not about what someone does. So pulling that into the heart, accepting it as it showed up, as you feel about it, accepting that, acknowledging that, making it is part of you because it is, because you're feeling it, then just really expanding the heart to it. And, and that's how that energy becomes, it expands into the love, into your heart. And that's how the heart expands and that's how we become the love that we are. That's the whole, whole you know, that's the whole um, thing that we are here to heal. We are, at the core, we are all seeking love. I think I must have said it last session or something. We... Who is looking is who you want, who you're wanting. What you're wanting is what you are. You're wanting love, 
that's what you are. We don't know that, so we look for it everywhere, but outside, it's just a human conditioning. Um, we always seek outside because we're not, you know, it's just the last thing we do is look into ourselves because what's outside, it just seems so real. The story about it, it seems so rational and so real. And it's because when the mind is in charge, it'll convince you that that's really what it is. What you think is what it really is. And it's not wrong, but it's not the whole picture. When you pull it into the heart, the mind, the rationale is there, but you have just added another dimension to it. Another dimension to your understanding and to your awareness. And now you are no longer at the place where you were. You have shifted. Uh, once you accept that, half of it is just acknowledging that that's what it is, that there's energy behind it. That's the energy. Half of it is just seeing it and acknowledging it. And the other half just opening to it with love. And move on. So everything that needs to heal will show up. Life is as you are. Life, it will show up whatever you need to heal. So there's no judgment as to it's not important enough. It's not that big a deal. The truth is a lot of the things to our psyche are much bigger deal than we let on. Because we convince ourselves, because we don't, we don't want to tell somebody. Because there's a judgment around it, we fear. We fear looking less than. We fear looking, coming across stupid or somebody who's too sensitive or somebody nobody can say anything to. We fear judgment. That's what we fear. We fear judgment. Um, we fear judgment because we like to maintain the status quo. We, we are afraid that if people really knew our truth, they're going to not love us the way they did. Okay, so that's really the fear. Um, but just remember, the only person who needs to love you is you. <laughs> right? So people show up like that. You know, don't we wish that we had this knowledge when we were 20? Yes. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's all good now, and maybe that's the way that it would be. Maybe if we can understand that, we can we can let go of a lot of the suffering. So yeah, so that's how it expands and expands the awareness. Very good. Anything else? Anything else that came up or any questions or comments? Uh, so what I'll do is I'm just going to sum up our last week. Um, it's kind of all, you know, kind of accumulating. So one of the things that we realized last week is that Everything that is coming at us or that bothers us, it's, it may not be personal. It's not always personal. 
but it's very much feels real and troublesome because we are connected with other humans. We are part of collective human energy. Um, you know, when there's, a, you know, shooting someplace else, you're still alive, but it pains us because we connect. We are connected and we feel others' pain. So everything is not personal because we are subjected or we are subjected to the energy because, you see, we're talking about the energy of things. Nobody is... Um, Nobody can avoid that. Nobody can bypass the energy. So we are affected by the energy if it's around us. Energy is not limited to one person. Energy swirls. It goes wherever there's a Velcro. It catches on, catches on. And also one thing we may not have also addressed. So you remember when we talked about the, um, the history of the humanity five and a half billion years ago, even seven billion years ago, the angels who went into the void to actually heal the darkness, they got stuck in the void. It's those energies that are repeating in our life. They are thinned out a little because we have learned some things, but nonetheless, it's the same energy. So we have heard the term, you know, the energy that drains you. Okay. And uh, so just, I'm just going to make a note of that. I want to talk a little bit about that later on so I, so I don't get sidetracked. Um, we're going to talk about that, but um, the point of that was, a lot of that energy that's kind of, it's a little sneaky, it's sticky, it siphons our energy. It's, that's how the, it anchors us to the void. This whole planet actually is anchored in the void because that is how this planet was formed to heal the energies that were not healed in the void, in the darkness, okay? Um, so we are subjected to the energy around us. It doesn't have to be personal. That was the point, all right? Um, so yeah, it, you know, we can run, but we can't hide in the sense that we read other people's energy. Other people read our energy. We don't know that, but we know that. <laughs> we know it, but we don't know it, right? You can sense. When even when somebody is not talking, you can sense what they're thinking. You can sense what went on their mind because we are actually built that way. We're actually built very intuitive. Uh, so it's not anything. We're just built that way. It's just that we have learned not to trust the intuition because our ego, our mental mind, we call them the mental brothers because mental energy is very masculine energy. Uh, it becomes very intense energy because we have been, you know, run by the mental energy or the ego telling us that, no, it's just, you know, 
it's, it's not real what you're thinking. It's really not true. You really, it rationalizes us out of our intuition. Intuition actually is very natural. It's more natural than we think. Okay. Um, and how we expand our awareness is just asking, what is this? How did it come to be? What's behind it? How did it get created? So just asking these questions will give you the awareness. And one thing that I have experienced myself is that when something needs your attention, you know inside because you keep on wanting to go there. Because you keep on wanting to go there. Something is there for you. So that's like, that's a little, um, you know, not like a not nudge, internal nudge that you have to pay attention to. And you're ready for that. You're ready to know that. Whatever is nudging you to take there, it is, that's ready to be resolved in love. It's ready to know your love. So it's good to listen to that and just go there. Many times I will make my meditations of that because I, I need to, you know, I just, I can't help it. I have to go there. Um, we talked about acceptance, and acceptance is a big deal. Because in going, when we think about accepting something, all of the ways that we do not accept will show up. Um, mistrust will show up. Um, guilt, blame, shame will show up. Avoidance will show up. Judgment will show up. Fear will show up. Ego shows up in no bigger ways than when it comes it's time to thinking we have to accept it. So it's a process. Acceptance is a process. The whole of life is a process. But what we may accept something today, it's acceptance, but you have no idea what's waiting to be truly accepted. So it clicks. It hits at a different level. It's like it's an internal space opening thing. Oh, my God. Can you see that? Can you, can you see what you just saw just now? It's an internal knowing. So it works in layers. And there's just a lot here. It actually makes us, makes the entire <laughs> write-up on psychology, okay? There's encyclopedias filled with in psychotherapist offices. So we don't want to go, um, we don't want to go into the analysis of it. Because again, when we go into the analysis of it, we stay at the head level. We still stay at the level of the ego. And we've already been there, so we don't need to go there again. Um, but it, just to know that when we are ready to accept it, all of a sudden, it'll kind of like the shit will hit the fan. All the, your, your psyche, your ego will resist, and so much stuff will come up in a really big way, okay? So there's a lot of pain and acceptance. 
perhaps you wanted something to change and you were holding on to it with the big hope that it's going to change it to how I want it to change. You were attached to that. And perhaps it's accepting that it's not going to happen the way you wanted it. And that's a big deal that can bring, bring forward a lot of pain. So again, just accepting that. So accepting that. So it's important to kind of be where you are. If that's what shows up, then that's what's there. And that's what's there ready to know your love. Um, understanding is important, but far more understanding is just accepting it. We don't have to understand everything. You know, unburden yourself on trying to figure everything out. It's a burden to try to figure everything out. It's like, why is the sky blue? I don't know. I've always seen it blue ever since I was born. So I, how can you argue that? Many times the situations of our lives that are needing changing is just that is how it is for now. And um, again, the fear that if I accepted it, um, stuck with it, it's never going to change. Actually, it's the other way. In accepting it is how we change it. Because when we don't accept it, we hold on. Holding on blocks the flow. It blocks, this blocks the flow of energy, the natural flow of energy and love. So when we hold on to it, we actually come in the way. We actually come in the way. Things don't turn out the way you, we want it. And we feel like, no, I need to now hold on to it even tightly, more strongly, maybe that is how I can bring about what I want. It's actually a trip. It's a mental trap. Uh, so to recognize that, you know, notice the energy. Notice how we feel when we hold on to something. And notice how we feel when we actually just let that go. There's a freedom in that. There's a freedom in that. And we have to understand, remember all the time is that, remember who the doer is. We're not the doers. We can kick and stream all we want. We're not the doers. We can only do what we can do, and then we have to get out of the way. That's the whole concept of letting go. That's what letting go means. Truly letting go, truly being okay with what is, accepting it. That's when things can change. Because now there's just more available. The flow is happening. There's a natural rhythm, natural flow to things. So you allow that to happen and you unburden yourself. Uh, so a lot of things will show up in the, in the acceptance of it. Yeah. Question yeah. We're talking about accepting it and that being that being the way that things will change possibly. But in the acceptance, it'll be changing the way to feel about it. But that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with trying to change mm -hmm. something. No. As long as you have no attachment to it. 
So when we do something because we want a specific result, by all means, what do you feel in your heart you need to do? Go for it. Do it with 100% presence. But don't manipulate it. So do it all, but then let go. Let go of the result. Yeah, it's a doing that, that you wanted to do in the first place because that makes you you, right? So you go for it, but things may happen, may not happen. Be okay with it either way. Right. And that's when... a lot of different levels. That let, applying that yeah, way. yeah. It just like... And it may turn out the way you wanted it, but if it didn't, then it didn't. And then it just takes you a whole new level. Oh, you know, that didn't work out that way, but that's what I wanted to do at that time. And it you may made you, make you think, oh, you know what, maybe I should, I should, this is what's now coming up. Maybe I should do it this way. And then go ahead and do that way. You have to show up for what's important for you. 100% with full heart, but no manipulation, no control, no sneaky ways to deceive anybody, no manipulation, no not having an agenda. The only agenda is what you put forward, and that's it, and forget about it. It's a much simpler way to live. It's an easier way to live because you keep on being present to life, and you get out of the way. So let the doer what it needs to do. Most of the time, things work out the way they need to work out. Actually, every time the things work out the way they need to work out. So here's what I've explained. When you get out of the way, we don't know what we don't know. We only know what we know. So when we hold on to something, we're actually really limiting ourselves. We're thinking, well, I want this. You have no idea what's available for you. It's far bigger than we can imagine. We cannot imagine it because that's not where our consciousness is, right? But we don't know what we don't know. We only know what we know. So that's when, you know, you have no idea. You have no idea what may open before you is exactly the way you needed it. But we want something we want because we are... We are limited in our consciousness. We become focused on what the mind believes it's got to have or how it has to happen. So we hold on to that. Um, so again, it's just really recognizing and trusting that there's something far bigger. And we want to follow that. We want to be in rhythm with that. We don't want to be out of sync with that. Okay? And usually there's an inner inner nudging that happens that says, oh, just go, go there. There's an inner nudging there. And we just need to pay attention to that. We need to pay attention to it and just follow it. Every time it may... There are times when it was like, ah, it, this, it, it may not be correct. But who cares about that? It's not correct. Life is not, you know, there's a 
funny energy that goes on about what you thought, but you got something else. That happens anyways, right? But it's not about that. It's about you. We're not here to perfect life. Whatever that is, we're here to realize that life already is perfect. We understand that. So we're not here to perfect life because actually our concept of perfection is quite limited. We are here to realize that life already is perfect. Okay. So that's what this work is. Um, so we talked about guilt and shame. <laughs> you smiled. Rethinking what you just said and all that and understanding it in words and intellectually, but accepting it is, is like yeah. a lot of work in yeah, yeah, accepting that there's a lot of work in We're there. Working accepting. Accepting. Yeah, that's, that's a big one because we've been trained. We've been trained to, you know, go go to school, go get A's, go do this, this, get the, achieve the highest job. And then you're going to have the that American dream of, you know, the whole nine yards or white picket fence. We just never realized, looked to see what was behind the white picket fence. We just followed it. We all followed it. We were we were fed a model. It seemed really awesome. So we went after it. That's okay. Now we just know more. That's all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, so, and the other stuff that comes up is um, guilt shame and blame and just understanding that that's that's a made up stuff by our mind by our ego so we can um we can be stuck we can be we can be spinning in the same energy same limiting constricting energy and so again recognizing that and you know, there are many psychology books or many psychologists believe that shame is shame can be very useful. And I think it can be. You know, it, it can be. It, sometimes it, it helps people get on the straight path because they don't want to see themselves that way. They, they feel shame in it. Right? So sometimes the shame, the shame is real. Right? It's, they, that's not how they want their life. That's not how they see themselves. So all the, you know, even the mental stuff, the ego stuff, there is a usefulness to it, but it's not the entire thing. There's a usefulness to it and use it for that purpose. Sometimes the ego says, come on, you can do more. That's not how you see yourself. You've got to do more. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with following that, saying like, no, I, I'm able to do more. But there's a different energy to it. Are you, it's again, you know, the pivot. Where are you pivoting from? Do you believe that if you do more, you're going to, you're going to be, um, draw more attention maybe, um, gain the fame, gain the acceptance of someone else? 
is that the reason or you want to do more because you think you can reach so many more people? Where is the pivot? So again, at every stage, really asking what really is, what is the reality of my internal, what is my internal dialogue? What am I talking about? What am I thinking really? Why am I thinking that? So just understanding more. So that's the guilt, shame, blame. That's a, that's a huge part of psychology these days. Um, and we're very good at uh, self-punishment. It's considered to be a good thing. Um, you know, maybe there is it's a maybe it's a way to stay humble. Maybe it's a way not to get too um, caught up or get over or get, you know, get into some bigger things. Not to get too full of yourself. But there are better ways of doing that. (laughs) (laughs) There are better ways of doing that. Uh, So, you know, we learned the better way, you know, the, 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 the humility is when we drop into the heart. Humility is recognizing our own humanness. Humility is recognizing the funny stuff our mind and our ego does. Right? And accepting it all and not judging yourself. If you are punishing yourself and say, look, I'm doing that again. Self-sabotaging, I'm doing that again. Is That's part of you. It's just ready to know love. Can you love that about yourself? not in the mind, can you expand the heart to it? So it expands in, inside of you because it's part of you. And once this becomes part of you, the tone of the punishment or whatever we're doing, it changes, the energy changes, the intention changes. So the intention is to become whole, not to punish. Okay. Um, And we, you know, we talked a bit about, a lot about, you know, some of the political figures that are out there and understanding. And I read a paragraph to you about Hitler. Um, There's not a single person who would cringe when you mention his name. Rightfully so. It's rightfully so, sure, but we're not judging that. We're understanding that there's energy behind it. Everybody is dealing with the energy that they are dealing with. So remember, energy doesn't spare anybody. Okay? Energy is not judgmental. Energy is not mental. It is not a logical, it's not a mental, logical way of thinking. Because we think that we may have um, resolved something mentally, but if the energy remains, it'll the situation will repeat in our life, so we can see it again. 
So there's no arguing with it, saying, no, I don't have an issue with that. But obviously, if it's, resolved, if it's showing up in your life, there's an issue with that. If it's showing up in your life and it's bothering you, um, there's an energy attached to that. It's just simple as that. We don't need any scientific, any more scientific evidence than that. The scientific evidence is within you. Uh, so just understanding that everybody's working with what they have is accepting, accepting everybody as they are. Everybody has their own energy. We are all here carrying our past karma. And we are out picturing it. We are carrying it out so we can heal it. Not everybody is going to see it as that. So they're not going to heal and they'll come back again. It's not a big deal. It's that just how it is. They'll come back again and ultimately everybody's going to heal. Some takes shorter time, some take longer time. The universe is very patient, like a mother. <laughs> the universe has nothing but love and patience so you just do what you can um, oh another really big one that came up it's a big one because everyone is almost everyone is plagued with it to some degree it's the lack of self-worth Okay, and I think partly is because we are ego-driven. We have an ego. We think that um, it must be me. <laughs> we, you know, we think that we are that important that it must, I am, must be, I must be the one that caused it. It, in a way, puts us at the center of attention. Okay, it, uh, it's a, there's a little, there's a, not a little, there's an identification with it. We identify ourselves as, I'm always screwing up. I always have this issue. I'm always the, always the one who's looked over. I had the most screwed up childhood. Um, I always get yelled at. I'm always the one to blame. I always mess up. I'm, I just have bad luck. So notice the sentence, I, 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 I. The need for self-identification is, um, as strong a need as is need to breathe. Okay? We have a need to define ourselves as to who we are. Without that need being fulfilled, we don't know how to play in life. We don't know how to be. Okay? So I'm a yoga teacher or I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. I'm a nurse. We need that. So we know, we know the medium through which we are going to operate our life. That's one thing, but then to um, hold, hold on to it or judge it, 
either judge it as superior or inferior to others or something else, and then hold on to it is very limiting. So the self-worth sometimes, the, the really, the deep psychological need is the identification. Unfortunately, we, or not even in any which way, we, we fulfill that need by negative energy. Remember, at the deep subconscious level, the subconscious doesn't judge whether something is good or bad. It has a gap. It has a need. Whichever means you choose to fill it up, subconscious is fine. Like if in the subconscious the need is for love and you fill it by eating a lot or eating sweet and sugary thing, the subconscious is like, okay, great, we're good, thanks. It doesn't say, whoa, what are you doing? Go do something else. It doesn't judge. It doesn't judge what you're doing. It just, it, there's a gap to be filled. Whatever, however by means you get, you fill that gap, it's fine with it. So self-identification is a need. If we fill it by whatever means, then the need is filled. That identification need is filled, but the hunger for love remains. We may have gotten the attention by a negative self-identification, but the hunger for love remains. So we keep doing it more and more, thinking I'll get attention. Maybe someone will see how broken I am. Finally, maybe someone will, you know, put me to pieces together and love me because I really need it. Well, would be wonderful if that happens. It doesn't. So the self-worth actually is, is ego-based. All of these things are ego-based. So we decided or we talked about how the worth, the worth is God-given. It's not a function of what we achieve. It's not a function of who loves us. It's not a function of how we do life. It's God-given. So there's nothing more to do than to recognize that and accept that. It's God-given. God, it's an equal dosage. But what happened was we we brought that lack of, you know, devaluing ourselves and lack of self-worthness is from the void. All of these negative energies are from the void from that time frame. Is that's what we need to that's what needs to be brought to love. And that's what needs to be accepted. That that is the the again, the desire. The real desire when we devalue ourselves, the real desire is for love. Again, that love no one can give us, no job can give us, no number of uh, followers on Facebook can give you, um, no recognition from anywhere in the world will give you the love that you need. That love is only within each one of us.
that's the realization. That's the process. So, so that was uh, last week. And another thing that I um, wrote down after the session was avoidance. Avoidance or sometimes, you know, it's the, the, the confrontation or fearing the confrontation is what we are, we, it's a, again, defense mechanism. We all avoid things internally or externally. We avoid people. We avoid situations. Um, it's fine too. I mean, we don't, you know, there's no reason deliberately to jump in the well. <laughs> we don't really put ourselves in harm's way. Um, but it's more, you know, this is more internal stuff. We don't put ourselves necessarily in the middle of people who may drain our energy. We have free will. We have choice that we can, um, Recognize that and, you know, fill ourselves with love. And the thing is, when you fill yourself with love, those people who are wanting to siphon your energy, the Velcro isn't there. They lose interest in you. If they are doing that to you, it's because, again, there's a Velcro. They're hooking on to it and it's draining your energy. So it's recognizing that. But it's more the more tuning into the internal avoidance, the internal resistance. Um, when we think about it in the mind, it produces a lot of it brings a lot of fear. The whole of avoidance is fear based. Again, fear of things getting worse, fear of being judged, fear of love being withheld from us. So when we drop into the heart, the mind is out of the way. The mind operates through the, through the heart and softens. And you are pivoting from love. So loving that resistance, loving your fear. There's no other way for it to go away. In order for fear to go away, it needs to be brought to love. When you bring it to love, it goes away. When you push it away, it'll come back now stronger than before. Yay? <laughs> so, um, what else? So that's kind of what we, um, we, where we were last week. And we'll, you know, bring some more, a little bit more into it today. But it's really uh, many times it's the same thing. It's the same thing, but uh, 
but it's not. It's the same thing, but it's understanding it through different filters because it shows up differently. Um, as we continue to do the work, when again, when the subconscious stuff rises to our awareness, the mind will jump in and, and not see it for what it is. Because the mind will totally rationalize it away, but it needs, again, it's just a continuous reminder to bring it, to come into the heart. Can I ask something, Mina? Yes, please. So, so I just had a realization that I think I have love and acceptance from the people that are most important to me, but I'm not realizing it. Like my husband and my kids, they matter the most to me. They do love me, but I think I'm seeking it from the outside world more. So what do I do with that? Why? Okay. So you're, Okay, explain me. Explain a little bit more. You're seeking it from the outside world. Give me a scenario. Oh, like feeling like wow, I'm just you are freezing up a little. Say that again. It kind of oh, broke shoot. up. Go ahead. Oh, I. I'm not valued in the work in my workplace. I, I, I know it. Susie, you are you are cutting off. Jeff. Okay, Susie. Is getting stuck. Susie, ah, I didn't I didn't hear any of it because you got cut off. I will, you know what I'll do? Why don't you call me and I'll put you on the speakerphone. She must have a, not a strong connection. So... So Susie, did you hear me? How? I, hi. Oh, it went to your voice now. <laughs> okay, can you please call uh, now? Go ahead and call and I'll put you on the speaker. Okay, I'm trying. Go ahead. Okay, all right, I'm calling okay. now. There you are. Okay, now go ahead. Okay, okay can you hear me now? I can. Okay, sorry about that. I'm going to play reload the computer. Um, but what I was saying is I'm missing the mark in the, like, I, 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 we see what happened in my family, but I don't feel like I get it in my workplace. And I'm Does that make sense? Um, okay. So why do you think you're not valued in the workplace? Well, I, I feel like I, I don't have the level of education that my peers may have and that they're 
more respected because of that. Even though I may have wisdom and knowledge, it doesn't come in a master's degree or what have you. You know what I mean? It's just kind of our world. Like that, well, you don't have a master's in it, so who are you to tell me? You're not an expert. You know what I mean? So I think that if you were to, um, and that, you know, that is true. That is a reality of the world. It is. Um, but it's not, you know, the truth is that everyone is needed. People who have masters and PhDs and people who have high school degree. There is a purpose to everyone. And you need to find that purpose for you, which is free of the designations and the degree. Degree. Ah. You have to. You have to value what you offer. Uh-huh. Nobody can value, nobody can see the value of what you do unless you value it. I see. Do you value what you offer, what you bring to the table? Uh, and you're not, yeah, you are not trying to, you know, you're not trying to take over somebody who has masters, who may have more knowledge base than you do. You're not trying to be like anyone else. You're trying to be like you. So it's really valuing that what you offer, is that useful and valuable to the others? It is possible that you may have a deep desire within yourself to get more education. Maybe you, maybe you want that. And if you want that, that'll come about. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, um, think of the path. It's not a static point. It's not that what we do today is what we're going to do 10 years down the road. It's a journey. It's, a, it's an evolution. For sure. So think of it as the path that, you know, you are doing something that you are passionate about. You're doing something that you believe in. It doesn't matter what stamp there is on it. What we need in the world today is less education, actually. What we really need is more wisdom. Ah. The world is filled with highly educated people. What we need is wisdom, love, and kindness, and humility. How many highly qualified people or educated people are with their degrees and whatnot and plaques and certificates? And what are they bringing to the world? We don't know. But what I'm saying is there's many people like that. They may be bringing a lot to the world, but they're not bringing to the world what the world needs. We don't need more. We we don't need more egocentric, degree-filled people running in the world. We don't need people who are running around in the world making everyone else feel smaller than they are because of the degrees. We need people who treat everybody like equal human beings. We need people who treat everyone as a worthy person to do something in the world. Is a janitor any less worthy? Well, because of that, if that person wasn't there, 
the floors everywhere would be filthy. So it's just that we value that less than someone who's sitting behind the desk. So because of that societal conditioning, those of us are saying, well, if I sit behind the desk and throw my degrees around, um, people are actually going to like me. They're going to think I'm somebody. Well, you know, the truth is today they'll think you're somebody. Tomorrow they'll forget about you. Tomorrow that somebody else would be someone else. Um, so, you know, we're not, we're not here to be popular. If it happens, it's great, but this is not the objective. We're not here to, you know, this is not a, life is not a popularity contest. Um, although many of us are caught up in it, so that's why we have to really pull ourselves back. It's like, what's the point here? So you have to, you know, you have to do who you are. You have to be who you are, and you have to do it well. If I was a janitor, and if I valued my job, I would be the best janitor. I would get on my hands and knees and scrub the shit out of the floor. And I would do it well. And I would take pride in it. If you take pride in it, it's really not about what you do. It's not about the degrees we have. It's about who we are and how we show up. That's the quality of life. That's the love of life. That's where, that's where you want to be. That's where you. That's where the self was. So we're not bothered by degrees and what someone thinks. Initially, if you're a little bit bothered by it, then you just pull it back into the heart. And you know, there's a catch twenty two. The truth is that when we begin to value ourselves, life shows up. Life mirrors. Like it mirrors. It mirrors who you are. You know, I had I one of the a story just came to my mind might be appropriate. Um, couple a few years ago, there was an older gentleman. I opened the door, and um. It was a snowy day. He said, I'll shovel your driveway uh, for a couple of cans of food. And I thought, somebody, I, I had a snowplow service, but it was already shoveled. But I thought, this man needs those cans of food. And I said, go ahead. There wasn't much to shovel, but I said, no, just go ahead. And he said it with such a pride. He said, a couple of cans of food for my grandkids. Wow. And I said, yes, please go ahead. And I don't have cans of food. I don't have cans. <laughs> so I'm like, and I was on my way running off to something. So he did, and I'm like, I, I haven't, I, what the heck am I going to give him? So I said, I said to him, I said, I, I don't have cans of food, but I have, here's some money. I picked out, you know, whatever it was in my food bowl. And I said, I can give you that. He said, oh, that would be awesome. He was totally full of pride. 
Wow. He did a service. In exchange, he asked for something. Mm -hmm. And I said, when he said grandkids, and I said, quickly, how old are your grandkids? And he said, you know, their age, it was similar. One of their age was similar to my son's age. And the granddaughter was, you know, again, old enough where my things could fit her. So I said, I have to go. Will you come back? Here's my number. Will you come back to see me? I'll give you more stuff. So the short of the long is, is that that man came in. And that man is the one who ended up painting my entire house. He was a painter, very talented guy. He said, I can paint. I can do this work for you. I can that work for you. He painted my entire house. He painted my office. Uh, anytime I had some little, you know, things to be done, I just called him. His name was Tom. And he's still around. He plays guitar. And... You know, someone told me, I have never been to his house, but someone told me that he lives in the house. It's like a matchbox. He said, the person said, she said, but because I gave his number to my neighbors and friends, and said, hey, you need fixing around the house, call this guy. They said the house was like immaculate. It was, he kept it like a dollhouse. It's so beautiful. It was just very small. So... This is what I mean. Uh -huh. So that man had nothing. And we became friends. He told me a lot of stories about himself. I left him here alone so many times because I would just, I, I was actually away out of town. I gave him the keys. He was painting the house. And, you know, a lot of people told me, he said, really, you don't know this man. You shouldn't be alone. And um, one time my neighbor even came by to just show him that some other man is around. I said, okay, if you insist, you can come and scare him off. Um, but anyways, the guy came, he had the keys, he came into my house, he did whatever. And, you know, I called him again and again and again, um, to paint, to, to do the work he did. So that really takes it's really understanding your self worth takes for you to go somewhere and say i'm going to shovel your snow for a couple of can of goods wow. Wow. most of us will starve to death and we'll never let the other person know that our grandkids are dying of are starving I, we are just we just give you know that our grandkids are that poor that they don't even have food to eat because we believe somebody's going to say, oh, my God, seriously? You can't even do that in your life? Your piece of whatever? Because we fear judgment. But when we understand, when we truly understand what self-worth is, judgment is nowhere, anywhere there. Understanding our worth is understanding our maker. Understanding our worth is understanding where we come from, is having a deep connection with that. It has nothing to do with what we do. So, so that's, that's what we can do. That, that is what we must understand. That, that is, that's that's self-love. Yeah. 
Con you know, everything is in it, confidence. Um, understanding your own value. It's not even your value. Understanding the value of that which created you. It comes from having a very strong connection with your creator. I, I remember saying that really made sense to me and it said spend more time understanding yourself versus making others understand you. So I yes. think that, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm trying to understand myself and my purpose and not try to make others understand me. I need to understand me. Well, the other's part happens naturally. When you understand yourself, you will show up that way in interaction with others and they'll get you. Right? But if you don't understand yourself, um, you know, other people as you will know you as you know yourself. If you're confused, you're going to distribute confusion. Right. And, and it does come You're going to attract that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it comes and goes. Like, you're, 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 you have it together sometimes, then it wanes, then you need to get it back. And it's kind of yeah. being challenged. It's a, it's a process. Mm -hmm. So it's a process. And each time, you just become more and more of who you are. It's a little bit more. A little bit more. You fill yourself just a little bit more. You know, it's not a coincidence that um, if there are few confused people, then there's a room full of confused people. Right. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> so it's not a coincidence that that happens. Okay? Sure. Um, sure. It's not a coincidence that like-minded people seem to gather together. Whether the like-minded is, hey, we're going to all hang out and have beer and keep drinking, or the like, oh, we're going to get together and meditate, right? Like People right. like each other. They attract. It's the energy. They gather around that. So that's just, so we don't really have to worry about who we're going to hang out with. We just have to be comfortable hanging out with yourselves and the other people will show up. Wow. It'll show up for you for, you know, they match your energy, they'll show up. You can't convince people. You just do your work. You just do your thing. You just do your dance. Whoever wants to join in, they'll join in. And you just keep doing your dance. <laughs> Why, Nina? <laughs> All right, Susie. So, um, thank you. What I will do is I'm going to hang up the call, and okay. if you have a question, and then just kind of raise your hand, and then you call me again, and we'll do that. Maybe your computer okay. will work better. Okay. 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 Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. So, um, somehow, okay, I'm going to exit this full screen. Okay, um, so we, yeah, we were talking about the, you had a question on the self-worth. Um, what else? Any other questions so far? Okay. Okay, so we, you know, we talked about um, 
awareness. We talked about allowing and be working with acceptance. And the next is, oh, in the allowing, when we are allowing something to be as it is, I wanted to mention one thing. You know, it takes a lot to allow the pain to be there. It's, it takes a lot to feel the pain. It's yucky. It's like, I don't want to feel it again. Um, and so when we are allowing, you know, when we open our heart to it, we are allowing both things to be there. You know, sometimes it can feel like a dual flow. There's a flow of love, and then there is flow of this painful energy or fear and resistance. So both things can have, are happening simultaneously, and that's okay. And just continue to allow that. You know, the truth of the matter is that when we go in, everything just happens however it happens. It doesn't matter what I'm telling you to do. Because the process, internal process has started, and you just have to be with it. Things just come up as they come up, and you just continue to do that. It's hard to drop into your heart or accept those things that you don't oh. like that are ugly. Yeah. That's the hardest part that I felt last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's starting with the acceptance of it, is that it's, it's starting with the acceptance of it and saying it's a part of me. So it's like, suppose we had a wound on our fingers, right, or we broke our foot. It's a part of you. It's just a different, it's it's a part of you because it's attached to your body. You can't chop it and put it away. You have to love it. You put ointment on it. You put medicine on it. You try to heal it. And that's how it heals. Love heals. Sometimes you can't heal it. You know, there are many of us who don't have all of our limbs together. That's acceptance. That's loving your body. That's loving life as you were given. So next one, next time I resist, I gotta love the resistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's love the resistance. It's uh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is very, very hard. The mind will come in the place in in and saying, you know, um, but remember that resistance blocks the flow. Resistance to anything actually it blocks the flow. It creates um, it blocks things. It creates bigger walls. It creates a flow of natural energy, flow of love, flow of things that can that are waiting to come your way. 
they won't because you're resisting something. You know, um, resistance really is a weird, is a, is a, is a big topic because it's, um, it shows up in number of ways. Sometimes we, we, we feel we resist rightfully. Something feels just wrong. We're going to resist it. No way. I'm going to say no to that. So it's just really understanding what we are talking about here. You know, it doesn't trump common sense. So in the living of life, we do say no to things and use your judgment. But again, this is how we make our life function. But we're talking about resistance that's kind of underneath everything. That's kind of, it's a sneaky energy that's kind of underneath in what you're doing. It's, it's deep, it's subtle, but it's profound. It's there, it's affecting how you're living. It is that which will show up when you wake up in the middle of the night because it's fear-based. There's fear in it. Um, it'll show up. You know, the subtle, you know, the, the good thing is that all of our deep psychological subconscious stuff, once we stir, things show up. Things show up how they show up because we stirred. And, um, you know, that is why sometimes having a little bit of sleepless night here and there is really part and parcel of the process that happens. I experienced that. So I'm like, well, that's this, this is what's happening. It seems like I'm just, you know, ideally awake, but I'm actually very engaged. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm engaged at the wrong time of the day, really. It shouldn't be happening during the daytime, but I was busy during the daytime. So I'm doing the other work at nighttime. Like, okay, whatever. This is how it's happening. And, you know, I try to go to sleep, but it just doesn't work. So this is this is how it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just comes up and then there's no, um, it comes, there's an internal nudging. Things are being revealed to you or things are opening up. Um, it's, it's what we've been wanting to know. It's what I've been wanting to know. So when it just comes up, you are there. You like this, you know, it should come up at a better time, but again, our subconscious does not know when it's day and when it's night. <laughs> it doesn't judge us. It does it not. It doesn't care. It does not uh, dis differentiate between the day or the night or the time of the day. It just it just does when it it can find the time to come up when we are not so busy. So. So you realize that if we, you know, there's a, when we resist, it's because there's judgment, among other things. There's judgment. Because um, 
And it's, that's the judgment. That's, that's what we have to open our heart to. So let's just, since we've been talking, let's just go ahead and close our eyes. Disengage the mind and drop the mind into the heart. And take a few deep breaths, get settled in the body. Breathing into the heart. Just dropping the mind into the heart. And just again, noticing the what is. Which means what is it that's coming up? Or you can just pull up whatever that the resistance was to. So instead of putting the resistance through the mental framework, since the mind is in the heart, we just simply allow it to come up and feel it. Becoming aware of it, acknowledging what's there. Allow it to be there. And this is where, in the allowance is where the mind will perk up and say, but this is bad. Don't allow it, shut the door to it. That's when you say, no, we're not doing it this way anymore. And you simply allow it. Open the door. Take responsibility for it because it's part of you. Accepting it just as it has shown up. And now open the heart to it. Open your heart so the heart can surround it, can envelop it. So this is where you may feel still the resistance. There's a little restricted flow. And then there's the expanded flow of the love. 
So continue to open your heart to it and allow the resistance to expand into the heart, into the one flow of love. Allowing the resistance or whatever it is that's showing up for you to expand into the consciousness within you. Breathing and expanding the heart, allow this one flow of love to include the resistance, to include the pain, to include the judgment, to include the worthlessness, to include the shame, guilt, to include the fear. All of this, these are just the other side of love. It's the other side of the coin. So this is what we are learning. We're learning that there's only one flow of love. Instead of a dual flow, which the negativity had a separate flow and the love had a separate flow where we bypass the negativity, we bypass the pain, we transcended the pain, we transcended the deep psychological uh, pain that we had. We, we transcended all that felt bad. So that made it the dual flow. We want to include everything in the one flow of love because love, there's only, love has oneness. There's no duality in love. There's one love. It includes everything in it. Every nooks and cranny that are filled with the doubt and all the negative energy within you, it includes that in that flow. So remember, loving the world cannot happen if you don't love the world within. If we can't accept ourselves without the judgment, it's not possible not to judge the world. And all that we don't accept within ourselves is going to show up one way, shape, or form in our life's experiences. Life will become as we are on the inside. Life experiences are a mirror. It's not about what we want 
or what we think. It's about the deep experiences that we have about ourselves. That's what will show up. That's what will be mirrored in our life's experiences. Continue to expand the heart to it. And when we are doing this kind of work and we are deep into our heart, you step into the bigger flow. You step into the God flow. You step into the big universal flow. So you get, we get a lot of support. We connect with the heavens. We step into the flow where the heavenly light or the heavenly love can come through us. Is that what the world needs? Is that what we need? Continue to expand the heart. Feel the flow of love. Let go of the judgment. Let go of the mind. Let the heart show you the way. And when you're ready, go ahead and uh, gently open your eyes. Are you feeling? I feel like I want to do it. So, yeah. I feel like I kept thinking it would be good yeah, for recording. To be on your voice guide is true. Keep listening to that. Yeah. Keep listening to that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So the recordings that I sent you, yeah, that's, that's why, yeah, really use the recordings because. Um, I, I can listen to any because I've been here. Because you've been here. I'm so glad you've been here. But, you know, um, it's, it's a whole new way of thinking. Um, it's a whole new way of being that we have not been taught. So it's really important to listen to the recordings because it'll remind you. It'll remind you, remind you. I've been doing this work for over six months. It may look like a repetition, but it's not because it's working through different layers that mm -hmm. stuff comes up. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, please listen to the recordings and 
that would be useful. So these are the meditations and then just continue to do it. It is important for someone to guide you mm -hmm. because we'll get lost otherwise. Even with you guiding, I get lost and then I come back again and I hear you saying this over and over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of saying the same thing, but not. But I'm not. But I am. <laughs> it's, not, it's, like, it's like it's like whatever. <laughs> okay, very good. So very good. So we have um, awareness, allowance, and acceptance. What could be next? Yeah, Got it down packed. Easy, easy. Easy. All right. So the next A is appreciation. That's a big step. Yeah. It's one thing to, you know, you know, allow it and be aware of it and accept it, then actually seeing it as a gift. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> so How can I explain it? <laughs> you know, when we come into this world, we, we, we think that um, we question why things happen to us. You know, we, we want what we want and we're like, well, if those people have it, why me? Why am I the sucker? And it's really strange. I just, you know, had this uh, realization that when we come into the life, we come with this expectation of things. We come into the life thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this. I am going to go to school, I'm going to learn, I'm going to get a job, and I'm going to have a family, and blah, da, 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 and that's how it's going to be. So in many ways, we take things for granted, and we, we, we think as if life owes us. We even complain, what has this world given me? We think that somehow the world has to give us something or the people have to give us something. Somebody has to give us something. Otherwise, why the heck would we, we would be here? We're actually here to see. We're actually here to see the gift that life is. Life already is a gift. The gift is, the gift is in seeing it, is in the expansion of our awareness of it. The gift lies in waking up to it. That is the gift. That is where the self-worth comes in. 
what a gift that is that we are given this opportunity to see the wonder of life. We take the sunshine for granted. We take everything for granted because life owes us. So, you know, you can see the sunshine and say, oh, I'm so glad sun is out. Nice, thank God. Cloudy days over. But we can actually see the sun. We can actually see the magnificence of it. We can actually see the magnificence of nature, of the love, the God that's everywhere. That's the gift. The gift doesn't come in packages and in, you know, bigger paycheck or that perfect partner or that perfect house or all the riches in the world, the money. That's not the gift. It's nice until it isn't. But the gift in is you waking up to it. The gift is your wakefulness. The gift is your consciousness of life. Can you truly see the gift that it is? That's called appreciation. So we complain and we um, complain and we resist, we kick and scream when life doesn't turn out the way it does. So maybe we wanted it differently. Um, What doesn't happen or what happens, what, what, whatever is happening behind the scenes, we don't know. So every obstacle is an opportunity to expand the awareness, to expand the seeing. Or every obstacle Is a, you know, is a reminder that our life isn't giving us what we want. But, you know, we've done that enough, haven't we? Haven't we complained enough? Has it gotten us anywhere? Haven't we been understood? Haven't we suffered enough? So seeing it as a gift is when we end the suffering, is how we end the suffering.
So seeing our suffering or our challenges as an opportunity to really wake up. That's where the joy is, right? Um, you know, if the joy was in getting everything we wanted, a lot of us would be very joyful. Because the fact is, there's lots of us that we get everything we want, sometimes more than that. Where's the joy? Right? So obviously, it's not a product of that. I, don't, I really don't think there's any bigger joy than waking up. Because the joy is already there. The miracle is already there. The gift is already there. We don't see it because we have it in our mind that it needs to show up differently. That's the real gift is when we can really open to seeing it. You know, we can be, we can be living this entire life totally mindless. You know, we can do the do the the thing like the you know the school and the job and the family and the and the stuff and the home and we all do it. There's nothing wrong with it. Continue to do it, but if we're not, if we haven't, if we haven't been awake, then we won't. We haven't been here. How many of us are like in a you know hamster wheel? We keep going around the circle. Right. Until, you know, every now and then something smacks you right in the face. And sometimes for many people, it's an illness. Sometimes it's, a, you know, a change in a family dynamic. Those things are a gift. That's what stops the hamster wheel. That's what slows it down. We can't see it if we don't slow it down. If we keep going the same path and faster, you're not going to see it. So that's a gift that if, you know, many people who, when they get ill, they become as healthy as they can ever be. And then they start teaching others. So isn't that the gift? That's the gift. That's the appreciation. Can you truly see why something is happening for you, not to you? Life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. Bad things are not happening to you. They're happening for you. We don't see it because we want, show me the money right away. It's called trust. It's called trusting the unknown. You know, it's, trust is a really funny thing. You know, every now and then I wonder, or I wake up in the morning thinking, thank you, God, for waking me up. Because when you went to sleep, you could not wake up. People die in their sleep. We go to sleep. We turn the lights off. We just, we go to sleep. We pay attention to nothing. We go to sleep. Well, the trust is inherent. We trust that we'll wake up. 
people don't, you know, it's many times when people go under, you are a nurse anesthesia. If people, many people won't do the surgeries because they're afraid. Suppose they never come out of it. But isn't that funny that when we go to sleep, we never think, what if we never wake up? We never think that. It never comes to my mind. But every now and then when I wake up, I'm like, I could have just not woken up. <laughs> it's like, thank you, God, for waking me up because I still have this to do. And so we trust. But we don't see it. And we say we don't trust. So you got to understand that it's, it's all, it's a part of it. It's that, the, you know, there's a trust, there's the distrust. It's all a big part of it. And that we do trust. So, let me see if I can. So I'm going to read this uh, appreciation. As you continue to work with these elements, and it may take hours or even days, your heart will naturally open to feel appreciation for everything these energies have shown you. Once you have fully accepted them, you will open your heart to feel a celebration for life, where you are dancing for no reason, happy like a child, and appreciating yourself and life for the gifts that have been given to you. You will feel appreciation for all your aspects, for their courage and their willingness to keep showing up. If resistance keeps showing up, thank God it did, because it could have just said, well, you know what, you're not listening to me. And you become just totally resistant. It keeps showing up so you can actually love it. You can heal it. So thank God that it kept showing up. Because if it didn't, thank God God had so much patience that he keeps repeating. He keeps giving you the mirror for you to see. You will feel appreciation for all your aspects, for their courage and their willingness to keep showing up. Embrace the pain of your experiences with love. Being vulnerable and inviting the energies forward will bring them into love within you. You will experience yourself becoming freer and freer as you allow your whole being to expand in love, accepting your life just as it is. Appreciation will be a natural flow of acknowledging and celebrating your life as love. Appreciation is an important step in the process of transmuting energies, and it is very easy to skip by it. It forms a bottom point of the lower triangle of the six-pointed star. However, it is important to keep working with the energies all the way through to appreciation so that you can experience the joy and celebration of these energies and your journey in life. So, that's the celebration. <laughs> That's the, uh, that's the stuff. So let's do a little meditation on that. Again, become comfortable.
Closing your eyes and dropping the mind into the heart. Again, whatever you were working with in the prior meditation, whether it's resistance or fear or lack of self-worth, just tune into that for a moment. Again, acknowledging it, allowing it accepting it and expanding the love around it. And just again, just gently tuning into the value of it. Can you see the value of it? What about it? that you can celebrate, that comes up, that is us, a celebration. Can you see those energies as an opportunity, the opportunities that you needed? Just can you see your challenges as catalysts that expanded your being in a way that would not have been possible without them. Can you see the same challenges? to take you closer and closer to wholeness. And you see these challenges that are closer and closer to your higher self, that are taking you closer and closer to your higher self. Perhaps you can see that these challenges is what allowed you to open your heart more. For you, there's a feeling of fullness. And there's a feeling of expanded version of you. So again, just tuning into that and finding and noticing if there are how you can view your challenges. Your challenges are that which brought you to the point here today.
it already is such a privilege to be working with these teachings for me with you guys. And I know without my challenges, I wouldn't be doing this. Sometimes it's that very thing that pushes you to the edge can also make you fly. So filling your heart with the appreciation and the gratitude for what your challenges have shown you. And it's that experience and that knowing which, which allows us to see the gift, the miracle that life already is. without realizing that these are miracles, these are gifts, we can continuously be angry and in pain because life didn't give us what we wanted. So circling, cycling that negative painful energy And that's what, you know, that, that makes us miss the mark, that makes us miss the opportunity. So seeing your challenges as a gift that is here to make you whole. And go ahead and ready, gently open your eyes. Oh, how was that? Great. <laughs> working on it. Yeah, that's it. It's a work in progress. And, you know, it's not to um, just buy. It's not a philosophy. This is not a philosophy. This is not my belief that I'm pushing on anybody. Um, 
initially it may feel it's, it's these things are nice to hear mm -hmm. right it starts with that but you know that there's something to it otherwise you wouldn't be here <laughs> right because <laughs> you can find better things to do for two hours on a sunday afternoon like take a nap maybe <laughs> um so yeah so it just you know it just again hard is the the the, the center of the six-pointed star going to the heart we're not used to it it's not just that we're not used to it it's very subtle there's a subtle perception about opening the heart and we don't necessarily know what it should feel like it's not anything it's difficult to teach that um so you know one way i teach that is one way i've learned to teach that is suppose um you see a, a homeless person coming to you and saying you've got some money for coffee and you judge them and you're like you know you got hands and feet wanting to work and it's like oh you just you get mad that you were put in this position you walk away or take two you come and you're you know met with this homeless person who's asking for money for coffee and you're like you know you make eye contact your heart opens and you're like you don't worry about whether you know whether this person is going to go get drugs you really don't know no. um you're like gosh it's, it's you know it's you must be hungry i just had a full belly meal i just i want to i want this person to have his coffee and you just open your heart and you maybe you know begin to treat them like another human being just like you they just look different and say yeah here's a few bucks for coffee enjoy it how are you how are you on this fine beautiful day sir and you strike a conversation maybe so what happened there's that way of feeling or there's that feeling it's like huh leave me alone go get a job i have a job and you walk off so notice, tune into how the, it feels in your heart. Mm -hmm. When you're connecting at a human-to-human -human level with another being, without any judgment, there's an expansion. There's a warmth in the heart. That's the expansion. Mm -hmm. When you judged and you walked off, the heart didn't move. Mm It's not about whether you were right to walk off or not. We don't care about that. We're talking about opening the heart. What, what opens your heart? So that's how it feels when the heart is open. So you can do this little exercise. What, would it, what does that feel like? It's a very subtle. It's, again, training ourselves on how to perceive the subtleties in our being. Mm -hmm and how to recognizing the subtleties. And when you begin to recognize it, you will know it. Mm -hmm. It's the same way when we, rec when we feel that we feel heavy hearted. What does that mean? There's a heavy energy. Mm -hmm. Perhaps there's confusion. Perhaps if something doesn't feel right, we feel that heavy energy. And when we release that, there's the, 
ah, you just you relax. So you are you are able to read the energy in the heart. So it's it's the same same way you will read or tune into or perceive the openness in the heart. Mm-hmm. So it's not the mind's way because the mind wants exact process. It says this, you know, it's not the mind's way. It's the feeling way. It's trusting that just when you have put your mind to the heart, that you're opening it, trusting that that work is happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like when we meditate. We don't know what meditation does. We enjoy the results of it. Many times in meditations, we're like, God, I just wasted my 20 minutes. I didn't do anything. What the heck was that? We don't worry about it. We just meditate. It shows up in how you are being. Right? We brush our teeth. And we brush our teeth. We forget about it. We don't question. That was really bad brushing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I brushed my teeth really good today. We don't even think about it. <laughs> we brush our teeth, we walk out. We never even gave it another thought. Right. So just do the work. Just the fact that you are doing the work. You drop me. Remember, consciousness. Consciousness is very subtle. Wherever you take your mind, wherever the mind, the energy goes, consciousness flows. It's subtle. It's profound. It's doing the work for you. You don't have to worry about it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So um, I can't, you know, one thing I always am amazed at how quickly these two hours go. For sure. And um, so we have two more sessions left. I will be um, doing a a special offer for people to just listen to the raw raw recordings as they are. Because I think even when people interacted, it was not personal stuff. It was very general. You ask personal questions, but you put it in a very general way because that's yeah. how it works in a group setting. Um, so, you know, people can just listen to the recordings and, and get started somewhere. Um, so I will be doing that. And um, that's it. Any other questions for today? That's good. Thank you for being my audience. Yay. Otherwise, I will be talking to a computer screen. (laughs) I'll be talking to myself. That wouldn't be fun. Right? (laughs) I know. And then, you know, I need the questions because your questions makes me dig for the answers. And that's where the teaching, that's where the flow comes in because I need your questions. Otherwise, I'll be talking in circles. <laughs> so thank you for being here. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you. And uh, till next week.